This is Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Follow on Twitter. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Spreading like fist. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. We Marking Out, y'all. Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. Welcome to Marking Out. Pro Wrestling Talk by Pro Wrestling Fans. This is episode 665. Make sure that you are subscribed and listening over at MarkingOut.com, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever else you may be listening to podcasts. Make sure that you buy a t-shirt over at Pro Wrestling Tees. Also, make sure that you're liking us on Facebook and you're following us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Twitch, and also on TikTok and wherever else you can find us on social media. Make sure that you're following us. I am one of your hosts, Dave the Rave. You can check me out, David PTDPT. I am here with Brandon. You can follow him at BTTG161. And also Chris is at Chris Dog and Sam Sweeney85. But that being said, Brandon, how are you? I'm doing awesome as always. How about yourself? Doing amazing. Doing amazing. How was your week? Uh, well, I think the the biggest thing right off the bat that we need to talk about being the number one Taylor Swift pro wrestling podcast is uh, 1989 Taylor's version. Mm-hmm. Came out last week with five new vault tracks, uh, which to me, it's always crazy hearing those vault tracks because I have to assume they exist in another format from years ago. Yeah. So... I would I would really like to hear those and it's crazy that they weren't even included on the original albums cuz I think for the most part they're all pretty yeah, good. I thought that the uh the drop was a uh, very eventful. Very eventful. I know people thought she'd be doing a double drop at 3 a.m. She's kind of uh conditioned people like that. <laughs> but on Friday morning she ended up announcing that Bad Blood with uh Kendrick Lamar is out. I don't know why that was not included on the actual album. Mm-hmm. I also don't know why Sweeter Than Fiction was only exclusively on the Target record. Hmm. Like, Target had three different exclusive CDs, but none of them were like deluxe editions. I thought that was weird. Like, could have used a deluxe edition there. Yeah, that's definitely very weird, you know? That's but, very weird. Uh, Do you have a favorite I'm song very, from the CD? Well, from the album? From... Ooh. Do you have a favorite song from uh, I think, recent? I, well, from the from the vault tracks, it might be... Is it over now? Okay. That's a tough one to say. New Romantics was a bonus track originally. That is one of my favorite Taylor Swift songs. That's always a so, good one. I, I'm I'm always I mean, a big, the whole album. I'm a, I'm a fan of so. Yeah, I'm always a mark for uh, Wonderland. Wonderland. Always a mark. Yeah. I always love Wonderland. I think that's probably my favorite song off of it. I mean, this is really the album where I start to fall off of the Taylor Swift 
I don't think so. I yeah. think you fell off before that. No, no. The the last one was <laughs> where I was. I was. I was with. What was the last one? Sparks fly. What? What was the last one that she just speak released? Now? Yeah, speak now. Wait. Oh, speak now. Yeah. Yeah, speak now. And then after speak now is kind of where it started to drop off for me. Yeah. So that's that was speak now came before 1989. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Well, that's what I, I you you said you you started to fall off in 1989. And I said no, nah, I don't think so. Yeah, because I was probably a, fell off at Speak Now. No, I fell off after Speak Now. That was Red. Was it? Yeah, I have to look at the album for Red. Then I'm not too sure. Red I had like, uh, I don't know. had 22. It had We Are Never Ever Getting Back Together. That was the first single, I think. Oh, I think I was a fan of the the Red album. I knew you were trouble. I feel like we had to be sold on some of those songs. Yeah, so I think then it was after Red. But then I think that it okay. I think it was the 1989 album that I started to fade away a little bit. You know. Well, 1989, like I said when she first announced this was the album that got us the ability to go and meet her, so it's always going to have that 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 special place. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, the album it's released. It's awesome. Uh, make sure you check I feel like it out. People you know? are still waiting. I feel like people are still waiting for her to drop. Like, oh, here's like ten more vault tracks. Mm-hmm. But there's Reputation left, and there's Taylor Swift left, and hopefully the Holiday Collection is in there somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I feel like I feel like Taylor Swift is going to be the last release. It would make sense to me, but my week outside of that, I made some fried rice. That's really it. It wasn't the best. Mm -hmm. I didn't have scallions and I didn't put celery in it. And I'm not sure if that had like that big of an effect on it, but I can't think what else flavor wise I could have put in to up the taste. Mm -hmm. But really, that's my week. What about your week? I know you had a pretty busy week. Uh, my week, I may need you to refresh me. Uh, <laughs> um, what do you mean? You've been with students for? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure that it's official that David didn't do anything else. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, the students. What do you mean? You went to the their... White House and met the president. <laughs> yeah. Right. So much has taken place. They wiped my memory. Um, yeah. No, students sat for the NPTE recently last week. Uh, this week they f find out their results, so it is really uh, a madhouse running around right now trying to assess and help and motivate and kind of uh, just look forward to the release dates of everything. You know, it's a big time because now is the time where we find out about the passing, and it's been a great success. And looking forward to the continuation of the success. And can't wait to hear about all the students making it through. So going through that right now, very excited. Much so, was, very uh, much so looking forward to it. How was the Halloween experience? The Halloween experience was incredible. Um, did absolutely nothing. Did watch the movie The Nun, which was, it was all right. I feel like the entire priest, church, exorcism, uh, spirit, demon stuff is being played so often now you know i feel like that's the big thing for horror movies that everybody's doing 
And was, uh, it was just starting to overplay for me. That's the movie with AJ Styles, right? <laughs> You're taking too long. There's a joke set up there. Yeah. <laughs> You're supposed to say no, and then I'm supposed to say, oh, no, that's they don't want none. Oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, you made me look really bad just now. That was great. <laughs> sorry, sorry about, about that. Maybe we should just get on to some Monday Night did you, Raw. Did you, wait, but did you have trick-or-treaters or no? No, we didn't. Did like you? zero? Yeah, zero. Yeah, we did. But the the big thing I saw, my neighbor had a candy bowl outside. And I saw somebody with a group of kids, maybe in middle school, dumped the whole bowl of candy into their book bag. And I thought about being that person and going outside and like yelling at them, but mm. that's so eh, lame. No. Yeah, I don't. And then there's a clip that actually went viral because of the how because of Halloween. Somebody literally did that. A whole family, like an actual like adults, did that. That's so lame. People are stupid. yeah, it's goofy. There's there's trick or treat etiquette that people need to know, and it's like you ring once, you knock once, you don't take the full bowl of candy. Yeah. So you know. But, yeah, let's get on to some Monday Night Raw. Monday Night Nitro. Kicked off with Rhea Ripley, with uh, Dominic and J.D. McDonough. Got interrupted by Sami Zayn, and he basically said that as long as there's breath in his body, he's going to fight the Judgment Day. And then Rhea Ripley pitched Sami Zayn going up against Damian Priest, Ricochet ran down to give Sammy some backup, and we saw JD McDonough charge at Ricochet. Ricochet ends up pulling the rope, and and Sam, that was and Sam, Sammy Zayn just like left. Yeah, it was just it was well, just so well, random. In this segment was... though, when Dominic spoke though this week, they I don't think they piped in booze. It did not sound like that fake garbage from last week. I didn't hear any of that, too. I, I just thought it was crazy how that took place. It led into a match. Dominic picked up the victory over Ricochet. Mm-hmm. Ricochet ran down to save and help Sami Zayn. <laughs> and then Sami Zayn, like a run-in from No Mercy or whatever, just computerly walks back. Disappears. Yeah, it, it just... It really didn't make any sense. He left him with a disadvantage. He literally came down to help you. <laughs> and then you dipped. Yeah. I'm sorry. that, that That's messed up. I, yeah, I, very much so. And I feel like, like this match, I feel like uh, Ricochet should have won this. But Rhea Ripley um, distracted the referee. And J.D. McDonough distracted ricochet and then dominic rolled up ricochet and he used the tights and he used the the rope for leverage Mm. to get that victory yeah and then ricochet took out dominic and jd mcdonough after the match and he went for that 450 or i assume maybe the shooting star press but rhea ripley dragged dominic out of the way of of ricochet yeah and then later on, we saw New Day dressed up as the new Judgment Day to trick or treat, which I thought was funny. I, I liked the inclusion of them on Monday Night Raw in that little tiny backstage segment with the Judgment Day with uh, Xavier Woods as Dominic and Kofi Kingston as Damian Priest. Yeah, I thought that was really funny backstage. 
Judgment Day didn't seem uh, they didn't seem impressed. Not at all. I I feel like Dominic was about to break. <laughs> Maybe. You know. It was it was like a good look. It was. It was definitely a good look and everything like that. Next up you had the Creeds making their Monday Night Raw debut, picking up a big victory over Alpha Academy in what was really a, an awesome match. It was first of all, it was cool to see them answer an open challenge of Alpha Academy. But they had a video package for them, which was nice, because obviously there's not going to be the the crossover from NXT to Monday Night Raw or SmackDown, Mm -hmm. audience-wise. So it's good that they included that video package. Uh, And all of them, all four of them, obviously skilled in amateur wrestling. So they were all able to use that in this match. Yeah. Yeah. You know, craziest spot I think on Monday Night Raw one, took place in this 100%. match. One hundred percent. They they did the what was a I forget. Julius did a four fifty splash to break up a pin, and then Chad Gable followed that up with a moonsault to literally land on all three of them. I thought that was a crazy spot. I thought that a crazy spot was where they lifted. Otis up on the shoulders. Yeah, for the Doomsday Brutus bomb. Yeah, the Doomsday Brutus, oh, Brutus bomb. Ball. Yeah, I, I thought ball. that that was very, very impressive. You know? Yeah. But um, we, we had some involvement in between. Maxine got up to, to hype up Alpha Academy. Ivy Nile was out there, and she, I guess, got in between that. And then Tazawa broke it up between the two of them. He ate a German suplex from... Ivy Nile, mm-hmm. but yeah, I thought this was, uh, I was not expecting the Creeds to win. I was not expecting the match to go as hard as it did. And they all shook hands afterwards. So yeah, huge sign very, of respect. Very well that, done. You know? Yeah, this is this. I, I mean, we've seen bits and pieces of it in the past, but maybe with triple H being like a hundred percent in, in charge, this is what we'll see more of. Mm-hmm. So I very much so enjoyed that that segment. Afterwards, yeah. we saw Miz TV where Gunter was supposed to be the guest. Uh, which, by the way, Miz's set was Halloweenized. We had the uh, the upside down Miz TV logo, WWE logo for carved into a pumpkin. I feel like we've yeah. seen that on Marking Out before. <laughs> but uh, he kept trying to bring Gunter out. Gunter wasn't showing up. Imperium shows up instead and noted that Gunter doesn't just show up just because you're asking him to. And then Kaiser ran down Miz, also kind of got into it with Giovanni Vinci over speaking. Yeah, that was kind of him. Yeah, the Miz was kind of uh, leading them to a point to. Miz was goading them into getting ready to fight, you know? Vinci was ready to go at him. Yeah, and then Gunter showed up. He ran Miz down. And Miz got serious. It's not often that we see Miz like this, but when we do, I think it's absolutely fantastic. Yeah. And that led to a brawl after Imperium destroyed the set, I guess. And he took... Kaiser and Vinci out, and Gunter chopped Miz down. Yeah, he got up. He he 
clobbered him. Obviously, he's no match for Gunter. Imperium jumped back in and, and they took Miz out. I was kind of expecting a save there. Um, yeah, I was expecting a save as well. You know? Only because of I knew what match was coming up. But later on, Miz went to Adam Pierce and said he wants a match for the championship. And Adam Pierce was like, I can't just give you a, a championship match. I can give you a shot. Bronson Reed also wanted a shot. Ivar also wants a shot now. And Adam Pierce set up a, a fatal four-way for next week. With the winner obviously going on to face Gunter. So I'm not sure if I want to see Ivar win or if I want to see the Miz win. But it seems like the Miz is going to walk out as number one contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can but the next match yeah. after that was DIY making their Monday Night Raw debut as a tag team. Picking up the victory over Imperium. First and foremost, the new DIY theme song. Not not so great. Yeah, I wasn't too big of a I, fan of it. I need to hear it more, but like right off the bat, I thought Youth of the Nation started playing by P.O.D. <laughs> and I was like, what is, what's happening right now? And then I realized it was DIY's new theme song. And then it just kind of sounds like a, a knockoff of Austin Theory's theme song. I don't, I could, I know there's I, lyrics in there that uh, apply to DIY. I think yeah, at least. I could hear it. Not a, not a, not a fan off the bat though. I'm going to have to give a better listen. But as far as the match, it's great to see them wrestle as a tag team again. Uh, when it looked like Imperium had the match won, Champa and Gargano turned it around. And the match continued. We saw them finally hit meet in the middle on Giovanni Vinci and pick up the victory. Yeah. So that furthers the story between DIY. Giovanni Vinci, Ludwig Kaiser. Not DIY. <laughs> I'm talking about Vinci blowing it for them. Yeah. I, you know, with Vinci blowing it and everything, it's, I don't know. It, I mean, do you, I think they're going to break up at some point. I mean, it's kind of like weird still to me that they had the separate uh, commercials, what, like two Raws ago? Highlighting everybody, you know? Yeah, I still don't, uh, still don't get that one. Yeah. The video packages. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to see them split up. Yeah, I know. And if they do split up, is that is that leading to Gunter's final days as the Intercontinental Champion? Is that what costs him the title? I hope not. Could be. After that, we had another video from Shinsuke Nakamura where he's looking for his next opponent still and he wants his opponent to challenge him. He has a match with Akira Tozawa next week, so good luck to... Tozawa? Yeah. That's going to be... Not uh, to jump ahead. Yeah. Tozawa also, I think, on NXT has a match next week against Noam Dar. Why is he facing Nakamura? It doesn't seem like he'd make it to NXT if that's happening. Uh, the, the carryover is not going to be good with that one. You know? I don't know. Yeah. Not going to have good carryover. But... You mentioned Nakamura, you know, another typical Nakamura promo. 
which again, people are like, oh, it's going to be CM Punk at Survivor Series. Yeah. You know, I don't know who the big challenge for Nakamura is going to be. I feel like it's, I mean, I can't say I feel like it's not going to be CM Punk. I feel like it's not going to be Kenta. Mm -hmm. But in wrestling, it's one of those things you never know. But WWE has one of those track records where it's like, you might get hyped up for something, even though I don't want to see CM Punk. And it'll be like, oh, here's, I don't know, who's on the the mid card? On the mid? Yeah. I don't want to throw anybody else, like out there like that but on the mid it just it's it won't it won't live up to the hype but no. after that we saw Zia Lee pick up the victory over Candice LeRae not Candice Michelle at uh it was funny that she got to trend on Monday Night Raw because Michael Cole flubbed that by mistake <laughs> but uh she defeated her via ref stoppage yeah I did not and expect that both of them also had video packages air so I liked that but Zia Lee knocked the absolute hell out of Candice LeRae with a kick, and I don't know if this was a part of it or what. I feel like it was I, part of it. Yeah, I was assuming that it was meant to end like that. Yeah. So, And then later on, Becky Lynch was interviewed about losing the NXT Women's Championship, and she said... Someone like Lyra Valkyria was was n- not necessary, but she needed to to be like the one to take the championship from her. But she mm-hmm. spoke about defending it more times than Rhea Ripley. She defended it more times than Roman Reigns has. And Zia Lee interrupted and said, oh, well, you didn't defend it against me, but we'll still fight on my time. And it's like, well, not really on her that you didn't get the title shot. It's on you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like it's on your time or whatever, but I'm happy that that still continued because last week we were questioning whether or not that was going to still be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, so I don't know what's going to happen with Zia Lee and everything like that, but they're definitely building her up, which is really cool because I mean, I, we think that she's talented, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, we've been fans of hers, and she fell off. She hasn't been used properly in a long time. But every time that she does have a match, she's pretty solid usually, and she's always really solid booked. You know, like I, I don't even recall Zaylee ever being booked really crappy where it was a squash match or she didn't get those kicks in there. Nah, there was, I mean, here and there, but not too like not maybe at the beginning, but not too often recently. So for her to get a ref stoppage, I think that this could be a good sign of Zia Lee uh, and everything like that. It sucks. I I still would have liked to have seen Tian Shah like make it to the full possible version of itself. Because mm. we saw we saw Boa backstage on NXT in the background, so he's back on NXT. But like it was, if you blinked, you would have missed it. Mm-hmm. So. I still would have liked to have seen Zia Lee with with Boa and and uh, Mei Ying, but obviously Wendy Chu is doing her own thing right yeah. now. And so. doing awesome too, you know? But next up you had Seth Rollins pick up the victory over J.D. McDonough. I was a huge fan of this match. What do you, what'd you think of the, the promo and video package beforehand? Like Drew McIntyre had a video package about how he... 
basically had to be WWE champion because of COVID with nobody in sight. Mm -hmm. And then Seth Rollins had a a promo about that and everything. I thought it was weird to bring all that stuff up. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, McIntyre's woes are like, oh, well, I had to be champion... When there was nobody in the fa- in the in the crowd, and Seth Rollins like, yeah, well, people died, and it's like, is that is that a thing to bring up? Like, I feel like that's weird. Yeah, that didn't make sense to me. Like, I don't know if we if I would go that route to sell that match for. No, I don't think that that was jewel. really the proper way to go about it at all. Because it's like you know? I, to me, that's like apples and oranges. Oh yeah. It's like obviously obviously people unfortunately passed away because of it, but mm-hmm. it's just we're talking about one thing specifically here. Yeah. But the match itself I thought was was good. I think this was a crazy good match for JD McDonough. I agree I would agree with you. I thought that this was really a solid match with JD McDonough. I thought that this was a good really good match with Rollins. It was really nice to see McDonough and Rollins going back and forth with each other and everything, you know? It's been... I feel like it's just a fantasy matchup that now we're seeing some of these NXT guys coming up and facing off with Drew McIntyre, Seth Rollins, these people that we never really... or we didn't expect them to face off with so quickly. So to get Rollins versus McDonough, I think that that's a huge match that everybody... Well, it's awesome to be seen. JD actually attacked Seth Rollins from behind to, I guess, start this match. But I feel like this should have been all over a lot sooner. Mm-hmm. Like, the way we've seen J.D. McDonough on TV as of late, it's not someone who's been in a position like this. And I don't think this match necessarily sets up Seth to face Drew McIntyre. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, he did... We saw Damian Priest make his way out with a referee, which did distract Seth Rollins a little bit, but he still obviously ended up winning yeah yeah so next after that though yeah next up we saw (laughs) next up chelsea oh oh, we're gonna still do this (laughs) i'll let you go (laughs) (laughs) next up you had chelsea green pick up the victory over natalia in a trick or street fight chelsea green and piper niven dressed up as the heart foundation natalia dressed up as a bunny but more important chelsea green bad bunny as a bad bunny, as AEW's the bunny, that's what it looked like. I know, right? Somebody said, <laughs> somebody said Natalia dressed up like Karrion Cross. I thought that was hilarious. That's funny. Um, yeah, no, Chelsea Green and Piper Niven nailed that, and then Piper Niven's uh, impression of Anvil with the laugh. the laugh. I totally pop for that. The match, of course, was messy. But I think it was on par for Chelsea's gimmick because it was a comedy match, and I think she ex- excels at mm-hmm. that. So it obviously wasn't like, holy crap, this is like the best match I've ever seen. Yeah. It was just filled with fun Halloween spots. Yeah. Like we had the pumpkin spot where she lifts the, the pumpkins off the table, and Nikki Cross is under the table. Yeah. Under or through the table, I should say. She had a pumpkin under the pumpkin, pumpkin pie, or to the face. I think it was pumpkin pie. Yeah, we had the bobbing for apple spot. Obviously, the the candy corn uh, kendo stick, which is my favorite form of candy corn. Mm -hmm. 
I believe all other forms should be thrown in the trash. So, yeah, some would but say yeah, that. that was that was that match. <laughs> but main event, main event. Yeah. Oh my goodness! <laughs> main event of the evening: Damian Priest picked up the victory over Sami Zayn, but it wasn't clean. It was a DQ victory. Um, Dominic and Finn Balor made their way out eventually. And Damian Priest, we saw him use the reckoning, which is not something we've seen in a while. And Michael Cole made sure to really like drill it in there to to tell us that he no longer uses that as a finisher. Mm-hmm. It's similar to Cody Rhodes' move, the crossroads. So maybe it would be a message to Cody. I think obviously that's what they were doing, but it was they were like throwing that in our face, kind of. Mm-hmm. To like really make sure that we understood that yeah. <laughs> he did that like as a direct shot at Cody. But Jay Uso came out and took Dominic Mysterio and Finn Balor out at first. Then he gets into the ring and takes out Damian Priest to cause the disqualification. And then the Judgment Day beat them down and Cody eventually makes the save to brawl. J.D. McDonough got involved and saved Damian Priest from a crossroads on the commentary table. But then he ate a halluva kick and a crossroads. And the the fans were chanting one more time. I don't know if they were supposed to do that. Uh, they, the spot, at least. They did, though. Cody obliged. He picked him up, hit another crossroads on the table. Out of all of this, should Sami Zayn not be, like, super annoyed at Jey Uso for costing him a match? Ooh, there was no reason I think for so. Jay to do that. I mean, I think that was pretty uncalled for. I don't yeah, think. That... I don't think that. I don't think that was necessary for Jay to do that at all. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, maybe he's going to start to tease into the bloodline stuff. I have no idea. I can't see that happening. I feel like it's forgive and forget with Sami Zayn. Mm-hmm. So, but Cody cut one hell of a promo afterwards. Basically. Basically uh, belittling Damian Priest. Yeah. I don't necessarily think Damian Priest will win at Crown Jewel. I don't either. I don't think he's going to lose the briefcase, though, anytime soon. You know? And that was something he said, like, oh, maybe I'll I'll bring it to Crown Jewel and cash in. Yeah. Which would be cool. NXT kicked off with Shotzi Blackheart and Scarlet pulling up in an Ecto-1. And then uh, New Year's Day sang Hurts Like Hell. But just seeing the Ecto-1, I, I thought that was cool. And hearing the noise. Can you do it, an Ecto-1 impression or no? I would have gone. Oh, that was a good one. But that's, yeah, it's more that's of like, why uh, like you told me never to do impressions on a podcast. Ewu was like British or whatever. <laughs> True. Yeah. Sounds like a cat meowing almost. <laughs> but Halloween Havoc match-wise kicked off with the Creeds picking up the victory over Los Lotharios in a tables, ladders, and scares match. Right off the bat, this match was crazy. This was Julius incredible. Did a he did a Death Valley driver to Angel Garza off the steps through a table while Umberto Carrillo was on that table. 
And that wasn't even the craziest spot of the match. Yeah. Los Lotharios, we saw them dump Julius off the top rope from the middle rope onto that like bridging ladder. I thought that was dope. Again, not the craziest spot in this match. That like reverse blockbuster gory bomb through the table off the apron. That was sick. That they did. I, man, that was, I think that might be my favorite spot that I saw in wrestling this week. That was just sick. That was, that was crazy. And then of course the Brutus bomb to Umberto Carrillo through the table ended the match, but great match. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think that this was a lot of fun too, you know, a lot of just a fun match too, you know? Yeah. Backstage, we saw Shotzi and Scarlett. Uh, on their Ouija board looking for a new ghost host of sorts. And that brought back the unholy union, Isla Dawn and Alba Fire, to take over as hosts. They were supposed to be on SmackDown last week, and that did not happen. And I was hoping that they'd show up for Halloween Havoc, so I was happy to see them here. Mm -hmm. And uh, it kind of ties in later, so we'll talk about that. But we saw a promo from Joe Gacy. I feel like it's a different version of Joe Gacy than we've seen already. Okay. What do you mean by that? Explain a little bit. Because so me, I, I text you the same thing. I, I'm having trouble seeing Joe Gacy's potential on the main roster. Um, So I'm like... Well, he's not on the main roster right now. Well, so yeah, we not not yet. Like it, it's just hard, you know? But what what's your take? What do you mean by the... Because, by all that? well, it's not... Mm-hmm. If you rewind a few weeks ago to Schism and everything... I don't think that's the same Joe Gacy. Okay. He's talking about how he knows there's darkness inside of him because of his past. And now there's no strings on him. Obviously a reference to Pinocchio, but... Or Ultron. No, I think that was a... I think it was Pinocchio. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Ultron said the same thing, but Ultron was a Pinocchio (laughs) reference. Right. So uh, I thought it was like dark creepy a different creepy though because schism was still creepy Mm -hmm. this is like i know i don't want to say i know it failed Mm -hmm. but i don't know how else to word it now it's like there's there's no no strings attached to him he's going to do what he's going to do yeah i i i like it you know but we'll see what happens Next up, Fallon Henley and Tiffany Stratton did not take place, unfortunately. You know? Yeah, Tiffany Stratton ended up attacking Fallon Henley during her entrance, and that was pretty much the end of it. They announced later on that Fallon wasn't clear to compete. I guess Tiffany Stratton was not a fan of Fallon Henley dressing up as Tiffany Stratton last week. Which was hilarious. She nailed it. Still, I think... Yeah, I think that's probably the best costume that we saw in wrestling for Halloween. Yeah, she totally nailed that costume. Uh, next up, you had Throughout the, the meta- night. Oh, yeah. Go on. You had the metaphor up next, going through a haunted house, which was hilarious. I popped that they were all dressed as like Scooby and the gang. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were searching for the Heritage Cup. They were searching for Akira Tozawa. And it aired in different segments throughout the night. But I thought it was very well done. 
I think it was the perfect amount amount of uh, like cheesiness to it. Mm-hmm. It wasn't too cheesy, and I liked. I think the f- second segment that we would have seen was Jakara looking for it, and she ends up fainting at one point. And I thought her fainting looked really well done. I agree. Uh, Oro Mensa was the first to actually encounter Akira Tozawa. He ended up getting knocked out. And then Noam Dar finally found the cup, but all the creatures from the house ended up showing up. It distracted Noam Dar, and Akira Tozawa took the cup back. And it basically led to, I want my cup back. Well, I want a match for the cup. And that match got made. Yeah, that match got made. Like I said before with Nakamura, should he be facing Tozawa the night before? Probably not. Probably not. I don't think so. But we saw Dominic Mysterio pick up the victory over Nathan Fraser to retain the North American Championship. Dominic coming out with a little mini uh, WrestleMania entrance of sorts in his uh, prisoner gear. (laughs) And then Rhea Ripley unlocked the cuffs. I believe the key was in her mouth. I think so as well. But the match was, was, I thought, decent. It was fast-paced, so some of the spots to me were off. But the crowd was hot the whole time, and I think the bigger picture here was what happened afterwards. We saw Wesley return and attack Dominic. Someone who was getting blamed. We have not seen Wesley in quite some time. And Wesley was one of the people blamed for... Maybe not blamed on television. Well, I think he was blamed on TV, actually, for taking out Trick. Yeah. So, it seems like Wesley... I thought, like, it makes... I don't... I need more explanation as to why he left. I'm going home. Where? Like, what did you do when you went home? I, maybe we'll find that out next week. I think we're bound to, no? We have to. We have to. Jinx. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So... After that, Braun Breaker picked up the victory over Robert Stone. Uh, Stone almost got a quick victory at the start of the match, but obviously Braun Breaker was not losing that match, and he ends up spearing the crap out of uh, Robert Stone. And we saw Von Wagner return. Braun Breaker tried to do what he did to Von Wagner to Robert Stone, and then Von Wagner, he showed up and then tried to do what he did, but Braun Breaker got away. Yeah. I Backstage, Do you think that he's going to win? Von Wagner, I don't know, but what's going on, like, Von Wagner and Robert Stone, when they were talking, it seemed like, uh, it seemed like he wasn't 100%. Mm-hmm. And that's what Robert Stone was saying. You're not 100%. You're not getting that match with Braun Breaker. Von Wagner doesn't care. He wants that match. Yeah. Will Von Wagner end up... Am I stupid for thinking like it's going to be like some sort of superhero-esque movie where he's going to end up evolving into like some sort of monster or something off of that match? Hmm. I don't know. I mean... Because something happened in that backstage segment where it was like, whoa, Vaughn, are you okay? Mm-hmm. That reminded me of like, not every like superhero movie ever, but it had like yeah. hints of it maybe. I don't know. 
That's true. It's wrestling, so people, I'm sure, are going to be torn on whether or not they'd want to see something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I feel like wrestling these days are are more so based in reality. Mm Mm-hmm. So, after that, though, we saw a vignette of sorts or a video promo for OTM. And Scripps spoke about his past with the circus and the wine. And said that he grew up in the streets like Bronco and Lucian. And now we're getting the real him. Not that the other versions that we've seen weren't, but this is like what he grew up as. So we're finally getting some sort of character development with the three of them. I don't know where it's leading to. I know they're facing Brawling Brutes. They challenge the Brawling Brutes, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't actually know if that's going to be a match. I assume it will be. It could end up being a match. Yeah. You know? But next up, you had... What was the costumes? What were they? I, I don't think Chelsea and... Piper were dressed well. Piper no. was, yeah. I, yeah, they had some sort of a mask or whatever. I think Chelsea took off the mask too. But Niffin and Green picked up the victor over Chase U to retain the championships. Um, Chase U attacked the champions during their entrance, yeah. And yeah, I enjoyed this match. I definitely didn't want to see the champions lose, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have fully minded if Chase U did win. Because I'm a big fan of Chase U, so it would have been cool that they'd be champions together. I don't know. I definitely wouldn't have... uh, I would not have wanted them to lose. uh, That being Chelsea Green and Piper Niffin. But I do think that it was a solid match. It was very entertaining. And I think that Chelsea Green is probably the... Dare I say the most entertaining female superstar on the on the WWE roster right now. And it came down to where JC Jane tried to cheat and Andre chase stopped her from doing that. So it it literally cost them the match. And then we had the unholy union stare down Chelsea green and Piper Niven afterwards. Yeah. And then have the, the spin, the wheel gimmick spin on its own, but that didn't do anything, and I would have preferred for us to get like some sort of stipulation match on this week's show that was like made this week from the spin the wheel make the deal. But we're gonna have to see Chelsea Green and Piper versus the Unholy Union. Yeah. They still, sure. I don't think, should have had to have given up those championships. Uh, 100%. The fact that they had to give up that is idiotic to me. But next up, we saw an interview with Lexus King, which I'm glad that they included him on this week's episode as well. Yeah, I would have liked to have him in a match, though, instead of a backstage segment. Well, I feel like because it was Halloween Havoc last week and this week, they didn't want to put him on both wrestling wise. Mm hmm. Because he did wrestle last week on Halloween Havoc. So. Yeah, yeah. But he teased, I, I think I would have preferred this because we got more somewhat character development from him, mm-hmm. which is necessary. And he teased 
having had done something, but we don't know what necessarily he did. I know some people can assume that he maybe was the one to take out Trick, but I don't know if that really makes sense. So mm. I don't know what they're teasing with Lexus King just yet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, nobody knows, obviously. We don't work for WWE. Yeah. Next up, you had Lola Vice pick up the victory over Kalani Jordan to win the breakout tournament. Um, Solid finals matchup. Yeah, and I enjoyed the match. Electra Lopez got involved and cost Kalani Jordan the match. And I'm kind of disappointed with the outcome. Why? So, well, because I, from the start, I thought this was Kalani Jordan's tournament to win. Ah. I'm not like mad or upset that Lola Vice won, but I thought for sure... Kalani Jordan was picking up that victory. Mm-hmm. I gotcha. So Lola Vice gets a championship match now, I guess, against uh, Lyra Valkyria. When? I'm not sure. I, mm-hmm. Probably. I mean, I would save it. What is it? In Bridgeport, Connecticut? I think that might be coming up. It's very possible. You know. Um, main event, though, saw Ilya Dragunov pick up the victory over Carmelo Hayes to retain the NXT championship. I liked their other two matches way more than this one. Even though I I, I still thought this match was was good. Um, I thought this match was definitely good. Spots. Yeah, I mean that DDT spot from Carmelo Hayes on the apron I thought was nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, Ilya Dragunov hit Carmelo Hayes with that H-bomb and put him through the commentary table, which commentary kept bringing up ref's discretion big time in this. Yeah. Because there yeah. were moments like there, come on, where are we getting like these rules from? Yeah. Know, but the, uh, I definitely the don't H-bomb, see Ilya. Uh huh. I was going to say the H bomb counter with the code breaker that was then countered by Dragonoff. I thought was a cool sequence, but Carmelo Hayes went to the top for nothing but net and trick Williams showed up. Dragunov hit a super uh, superplex off of that and, na- and then nailed Carmelo Hayes with that torpedo Moscow and picked up the victory. Yeah, I, I just don't see Ilya Dragunov losing, or at least not right now. You no, know? and I don't want to see him lose anytime soon. I agree with you. I agree with you. But now we're moving from Carmelo Hayes versus Ilya Dragunov onto a, a new contender. They have the... Iron Survivor match. I think that'll end up being for the the championship. Mm-hmm. I think they're gonna yeah. they're gonna have legends announce it on Twitter coming coming up shortly. Okay. But after this match, Trick Williams got into the ring. He picked Carmelo Hayes up, and it looked like Trick maybe doesn't a hundred percent believe Carmelo Hayes that it wasn't him that took him out. I mean. They got pretty close, and then it cut to backstage, which was kind of, like, surprising. I'm still waiting for that that grainy footage of Trick Williams backstage being taken out, and it turns out to be Carmelo Hayes. What was if it's not? You know? I, I don't know. I don't know who. The yeah, only person the that I'd... planted seeds was, was uh, Lexus King. Yeah, 
And that that might just be like a huge stretch to guess something like that. We it might not I mean, even is be it, that. Is it really that huge of a stretch though? I don't think it's that big of a stretch. I if don't it know. Was you know? Well, because he said, "Well, it, you'll find out or whatever." When are we gonna find it? Yeah, out? I don't. I don't think that it's that big of a stretch because maybe he's instigating them to fight each other, and then after the match or maybe something like that during the feud or yeah, probably maybe after the match he reveals it to be or after an attack he reveals it to be he's the one behind it so I don't it's know. not too far of a stretch i think but like you said they they immediately cut to the back area where baron corbin attacked Ilya dragunov yeah baron corbin i didn't expect him to be close in the show i think it's not survivor series nxt deadline in December, in, in Connecticut, I think we'll probably see Ilya Dragunov versus Baron Corbin mm-hmm. for the championship. Okay. So I could, yeah. As far as Halloween Havoc goes, I definitely liked last week's episode a lot more than this week's. Hmm. But not, uh, not, not some, not. Bad matches. I just I think they had better matches last week. Um. Yeah, I could believe that one. So uh, that's NXT Halloween Havoc. Not going to be able to do SmackDown this week, but it's pre-taped, so the results are already out there. And we it basically just sets up Crown Jewel that's taking place this weekend in Riyadh, Saudi Arabia, uh, on the kickoff show. First kickoff show match in, I want to say maybe, it seems like years at this point. I'm not sure how many months it's been. Been a while. It's been quite some time. We have Sami Zayn taking on JD McDonough. I'm going to go with JD McDonough. I think it's an obvious victory for Sami Zayn. Okay. All right. I do not see JD going over there. Um, just to be different. I mean, I I could see both sides. I could see both sides. I'm gonna stick to uh, Jamie McDonough. Uh, singles match. We have really big singles matches on this this card as far as like non-title. John Cena facing Solo Sokoa in his first solo match. No pun intended there. <laughs> In, what do you say, 2,000 plus days? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to, ooh. I'm going to go with John solo. Cena, John Cena, if I'm not mistaken, has not won a match. I could be completely wrong in saying that in quite some time. Mm-hmm. I don't remember. I think I, I could see him I just would like to see people. Solo Sokoa. Has not won a, a singles match, I should say. Mm-hmm. He lost to Austin Theory at WrestleMania. He lost to Roman Reigns at SummerSlam 2021. Uh, he lost to The Fiend. When is his last singles victory? It's his last... This is not even televised, but his last singles victory might have been MSG in 2018 against Corbin. Wow. His last singles victory, if I'm reading this correctly, 
might be the greatest Royal Rumble in 2018 against Triple H. Wow. That's a lot of time. Unless I'm unless I'm missing a match. I don't think I'm missing a match here. Those are dark. Yeah, I think that's the last time he won a match, a singles match. That's pretty crazy. Jeez. I could see him. I mean, that's the thing. I feel like I could see Cena just putting putting Solo over. I would like to see Solo Sokoa go over in that match. So I'm I'm picking Solo Sokoa. Yeah. Uh, let's head on over to Damian Priest taking on Cody Rhodes. I'm, uh, I'm saying Cody Rhodes. I'm gonna go with Cody Rhodes too. Because I'm also thinking about the impact on maybe a cash-in. You know, if Cody Rhodes wins, it could tease that maybe Damian Priest won't cash him, and then he does, or it could lead to Ripley going to Damian and being like, listen, you're not ready to cash in yet. You know, kind of like what she did previously until a moment where yeah. she's like, okay, now, like, like she's going to be the shot caller where the moment happens and she's going to be the one that cues Priest to go out there and cash it in. And then it's going right. to happen. Um, uh, a yeah. fatal five-way match for the Women's World Championship. The champion Rhea Ripley defending the title against Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, Zoe Stark, and Raquel Rodriguez. I do not see anybody winning this match except for Rhea Ripley. I agree. Rhea Ripley all the way. You know? 100%. For the WWE Women's Championship, EO Sky defending the title against Bianca Belair. My fingers are beyond cross that EO Sky retains. Yeah, I agree with you. EO Sky, fingers crossing. Uh, United Cha- United States Championship match on the line. Uh, Rey Mysterio defending against Logan Paul. Dare I say Logan Paul? It seems like it can be Logan Paul taking this. I mean... I'm going to go with Logan Paul. I don't know what happens on SmackDown at the weigh-in. That apparently did not air when they were taping it. So it, I assume is going to be like a pre-tape on like the, the Paul Brothers camp side. Mm-hmm. But I think weigh-in should, should probably stop being a thing. Yeah, I blame UFC. In pro wrestling. <laughs> Obviously, it makes sense in, in UFC or something yeah. or boxing, yeah, yeah. but... Do they do them in boxing? Yeah. I feel like they yeah, should, they right? Do. Yeah, they do it in boxing and everything. <laughs> but in pro wrestling, it does not make any sense. No. We've seen, come on, brother. We've seen Big Show versus Rey Mysterio. That doesn't, that, you don't need to do that. Yeah. No. Let's so go over I to think the main... Logan Paul can win, and I think uh, mm-hmm. I'd like to see Logan Paul win the championship. There you go. Main event of the evening. Well, we don't know which Roman one's Reigns. the main event. Potentially, I, I, well, I think that's going to be the main event. Potentially, Roman I don't Reigns, think Seth, and Drew McIntyre are closing. Oh yeah, I forgot about that match. Uh, we'll just go with it. Roman Reigns defending against LA Knight. I'm going Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Yeah. yeah. Rollins versus McIntyre. I'm going Rollins. I am going with Seth Rollins as well. There you have it. So. I- that is Crown Jewel. Going to take a quick little break. And I'll be right back here on Marking Out. This is Shotzi Blackheart, and you're listening to Marking Out. Ow, ow, ow! Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to Marking Out, episode 665. Going to Rampage from last week. 
It opened up with Mike Santana picking up the victory over Ortiz in a no-disqualification match, which is nice that we finally got to see them fight. Still not really clear as to why they split up outside of what we heard on the internet. But this was a good fight. Santana went for a fist bump afterwards, but Ortiz shook it off. He wanted nothing to do with it. So I'm not sure if this is actually done. I don't know when we'll see it again. It just doesn't seem like the ending. And Sanjay Dutt got in the ring afterwards, tried to talk to him. I thought that was a weird segment. Afterwards, Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford came out. Kip basically just made fun of the Phillies. This was a meaningless segment. Something that could have been done off camera. The only thing of worth noting was that Mark Briscoe returned and attacked him. But it was just a weird segment also. Abaddon picked up the victory over Anna J. Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale to become the number one contender. Um, Willow's like the, the smells like Nirvana cheerleader attitude seemed to be gone from her entrance which I would have thought it was going to be worse. Um, In regards to Abaddon, it's crazy that it's been two years since we've last seen them on TV. That's crazy. But I like this match. I like the the double code breaker that Abaddon did to Willow and Sky Blue. Tony Storm interrupted the match, which was very WCW. And I don't think... I didn't like that part, and I don't think that the bad the, the match was bad, but it seemed like nothing happened in it. The biggest thing of note was Tony Storm interrupting. And I didn't like that, but Willow pulled Sky Blue out when she went for the Code Blue, and then Abaddon reversed Anna Jay and picked up the victory. So it was really cool that Abaddon got that victory and that it seems like Abaddon is back. Afterwards, Sakeshda picked up the victory over Kyle Fletcher. This was a good match. I thought the lariat from Takeshita was going to end the match. But Kyle Fletcher got up and hit a brain buster. Takeshita hit Crunchy from the middle rope. I don't know what, what else to call that move. It's the Tramparetta gimmick. The the Is it a dead shot or whatever? I don't know. But uh, he got up from that too. And that seemed like a, a spot that was going to end the match. But Kyle Fletcher kept getting up, kind of like as if he was Sting. And he finally ended the match after getting hit by uh, hit, hit, getting hit by a knee from Takeshita. Fletcher grabbed a chair. He hit Takeshita. He hit Hobbs. Hobbs didn't budge. And then he attacked Kyle Fletcher. Don called it off. And he put Kyle Fletcher over for doing what he's been saying he needs to see from Kyle Fletcher. So, moving over to Collision. It opened up with Jay White picking up the victory over A.R. Fox. Fox was part of the Nick Wayne-Darby Allen feud. But he disappeared for about two months, so it doesn't really make sense. Nice to see him, though, because I think A.R. Fox is a great wrestler. But no real reason that this match was taking place. Nothing screams Jay White can become champion and beat MJF. Eh? 
But MJF showed up, he got the title, and stupidly ran into the ring to get away from them. Even though Jay White himself was in the ring. I didn't get that, but Jay ended up with the title, so MJF to me just looked really stupid there. We saw the guns pick up the victory of the boys. Uh, I'm glad that the previous segment led into this match instead of having the guns go back out and make their entrance again. But the match, pretty much meaningless. They're obviously beating the boys. But MJF just beat the Righteous off television for over a month. I think we need a team that the guns need to face in order to look like they can beat MJF. The Righteous looks a lot bigger than the boys. So, I don't think that's a a great build for for the Guns versus MJF for the championships. After that, Hikaru Shida picked up the victory over Abaddon in a Fright Night fight to retain the championship. My DVR for this match was super choppy, so it sucked. I couldn't really see the full match I saw bits and pieces of it but from what I was able to see I enjoyed it I always enjoy Halloween I always enjoy seeing Halloween stuff on television like I said before I like seeing the the Halloween style weapons but I think production also in regards to me not being able to see everything because it was choppy production I feel like has been missing a lot of spots lately in AEW And I feel like that's weird. Even, I mean, not that it's AEW, but also I feel like weird production stuff was happening on Raw. But afterwards, Tony Storm showed up and just laid on the the commentary table and gave an orange to Tony Schiavone. After that, Samoa Joe picked up the victory over Rhett Titus to retain. These matches that Samoa Joe has been having have been having are meaningless. Nothing's building Samoa Joe up to me. I, I like Samoa Joe's already a monster, but I want to see him be built up by facing other people who look like they can beat Samoa Joe. So that doesn't really work for me. After that, Ricky Starks picked up the victory over Dax Harwood. I think as soon as FTR lost the, the ch- tag team championships in such a quick manner, I just stopped caring about this feud. I think that sucked the absolute wind out of everything from that from that feud and everything out of FTR. They were like such a hot tag team and then nope. Boom. That's it. All their momentum literally gone in a random a random tag team match. But they did a spot in this that I think looked uh made the referee look like a complete moron. Big Bill pulled Dax off of Ricky Starks. And I don't know what could possibly go through the referee's head when he sees the person pinning someone slide backwards out of the ring during a pin. Like, obviously, Big Bill got involved there. But Ricky Starks took advantage of that to pick up the victory. The bigger thing from this was Julia Hart coming out. And making her return. House of Black was already ringside. And then they appeared in the ring. To back Big Bill and Ricky Starks. Malachi's black eye is uh, apparently back again. 
And then LFI showed up. They stood with FTR and it led to a brawl, which I'm happy it didn't close the show. Earlier in the night, Ryan Nemeth tried to speak to Lana. Miro ended up beating him up. And Andrade was interviewed about Lana and what LFI just did with uh, FTR. And Andrade said it's nobody's business. So I still think we're going to see Andrade versus Miro. Maybe. After that, Claudio picked up the victory over Tracy Williams. Earlier in the night, though, Claudio announced that Brian Danielson has a broken orbital bone. So he'll be out for, out of action. People are saying the rest of the year. So that's very unfortunate. Uh, as far as the match goes, Claudio just absolutely dominated it. Obviously. Main event saw MJF pick up the victory over Kenny Omega to retain the championship and then move on to become the longest reigning AEW champion. Um, obviously, this match should have had way more build to it than it did, but I thought it was a great main event. MJF at one point did that that Fosbury flop and it, it wasn't pretty. But it was, I think, nuts to see MJF pull that off. Uh, the one thing I didn't like was them using that table. I don't think it's necessary to use weapons. Obviously, there's the whole referee's discretion thing. Um, also, the first Panama Sunrise spot, I thought was a nice close call. The second one, I didn't think was necessary. But I would like to know what Kenny Omega thought about wrestling a match for the championship without actually having the championship being there. Because to me, that's goofy. If Kenny Omega won, what's he holding up? Jay White comes out and he's like, bang, bang, I have your title. But I'm pretty sure AEW's been there before, but I thought it was still cool to see Mohegan Sun on television. Because that's where I saw Taylor Swift for the first time. And I saw Glenn Campbell there. I saw the Eagles as well. So I thought it was cool. Moving over to AEW Dynamite. It opened up with an interview with MJF. Which there's really absolutely no reason a backstage interview should be opening the show. You want a crowd to be hot. And you just take everything that they're cheering for. And they're like, here's an interview. Not even in front of the crowd. It had Adam Cole in it via Skype or whatever or FaceTime. MJF left and then Roderick Strong and the Kingdom showed up and Adam Cole hung up on Roddy. And then the devil hacked in. The show begins. Orange Cassidy picks up the victory over Claudio to retain the the international championship. I thought it was a good match. But I thought we needed a more aggressive side from Claudio from the start given the whole reason why this match was a match. Because he went into it wanting to kill Orange Cassidy. That really wasn't the case. We saw Hook try to not get involved, but he came out for support for Orange Cassidy. Wheeler Yuta was out there. Bryce Remsburg asking them both to leave or making them both leave. It was nice to see him actually enforcing rules. And then Hook backstage was made to leave the building. Claudio... uh, carrying Orange Cassidy into the ring. That spot I thought was crazy. And then there was a nice, uh, the the ending spot I thought was nice with Orange Cassidy standing on Claudio's shoulders before the Hurricane Rana pin. 
I thought that was nice. John Moxley showed up afterwards and Orange Cassidy, stupidly, I guess, ran back into the ring and charged him to brawl. Claudio just watched it happen, but Moxley beat the hell out of Orange Cassidy. And I don't really understand what Orange Cassidy would think in that moment. After that, though, the Mogul Embassy picked up the victory over the Elite to become the new Ring of Honor six-man tag team champions. I think it would be nice to have the ROH championships not defended on AEW television because I really, I don't care about these titles. I'm not watching Ring of Honor. I'm not, I don't have any way of watching Ring of Honor. So these matches are just always so like super random. I don't really understand the Mogul Embassy winning the championships before the the big event that they have coming up. I feel like that could have been a, a bigger victory for them at the pay-per-view. But the match itself, eh, whatever. I like some spots here and there. I like the reverse cactus clothesline from Hangman. Swerve and Prince Nana came out, though, and taunted Ad, uh, yeah, Adam Page about the home invasion from last week, and that, I think, sucked everything out of the match. And nobody seemed to care with the finish. Matt Jackson, super pissed off, obviously. I would be too, but kind of doesn't make sense because him and Matt and Nick Jackson, I think, have a tag team championship shot for the AEW title still, if I'm not mistaken. We saw Edge come out, get interviewed by Tony Schiavone. He was asked about Sting and uh, what Sting said to him last week. And before he could answer anything, Christian and the gang came out told Edge to back down from him or else he'll snap his neck. And then he had the gang go after Edge. Edge took them out at first. Christian got involved, though. Luchasaurus took Edge down. Sting and Darby Allin made the save. And Edge finally accepted uh, the match for full gear and speared Christian. So... It'll be Christian and his gang versus Edge, Sting, and Darby Allen at full gear. We saw Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega pick up the victory over the non-Jericho Appreciation Society. Uh, Kenny should be, I think, caring about Hangman's family being stalked by Swerve. But he's hung up on Chris Jericho for some reason. I don't understand. And then Angelo Parker in the match was trying to use a weapon. And commentary is just like, oh, he doesn't care about DQs. Jericho hit the Judas effect and picked up the victory there. The biggest thing afterwards, Don Callis pitched a street fight in two weeks. And Kenny Omega said, yes, but they're bringing in Ibushi. And Callis was like, oh, you're still a man short. So Jericho announced Big Show is back. And then Matt Jackson, again, super pissed off. And he actually questioned Kenny Omega about Chris Jericho being in their locker room. Because the Young Bucks don't trust Chris Jericho. Why should they? And Kenny Omega is clearly not really there for the Young Bucks right now. After that, Chris Statlander picked up the victory over Willow Nightingale to retain... Willow, uh, I'm not sure why she had a title shot, but I like the match. 
I was expecting more darkness from because of the mist, but Willow's eye wasn't painted anymore. So maybe it's like it was a quick thing she was under and now she's recovered from it. But uh, I like the match. Like I said, her and Hikaru Shida even shook hands and hugged afterwards. But Tony Storm showed up and Hikaru Shida attacked her. They go brawl to the back. The lights went out. Julia Hart showed up behind Willow, offered her her hand, and then Sky Blue ran down, got in the way of that, turned around and acted as if she was going to attack Willow, but then she turned around and misted the neck of Julia Hart. I believe it was Blue Mist because her name is Sky Blue. It was, uh, I guess, most likely supposed to hit her eyes. But maybe it'll make her uh, cheery back to the the Varsity Blondes Julia again. I have no idea. But throughout the night, MJF kept trying to find partners to tag in the main event with. The Acclaimed, though, kept seeking him out and uh, tried to offer their services. MJF kept saying no. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. Finally, it came down to either them or Triple J. And MJF clearly didn't want Triple J. And But we saw the, the Bullet Club Gold pick up the victory over MJF and the Acclaimed. And the Acclaimed said that the only way that they will tag with MJF is under the conditions that he wore whatever they gave him and scissored him. So uh, he wrestled in Acclaimed gear, so I thought that was pretty cool. Acclaimed style gear, I should say. Um... I think we should have seen that coming. I was expecting like big surprises because he's he was pretty adamant about not tagging with Max Caster. But that's on me. The match itself, I think, seemed more like an acclaim match instead of an MJF match. And we still, I don't think we know who MJF is going to choose for a partner for full gear. But I think the acclaimed gets ruled out from this. And the end of the match saw MJF turn his back for a quick second. And Jay White hit that Blade Runner, picked up the victory. And then stole the belt again. And he went to hit MJF with the title, but Max Caster actually ate it for him. So I thought that was kind of like the bloodline. Where you get that sacrifice for one another. But I like that spot. It showed that Max Caster is actually trying to be MJF's friend. And then they wanted to scissor MJF afterwards. He said no at first and Billy Gunn yelled at him and they all scissored and everybody went home happy. So that's AEW Dynamite. Hey, Brandon, got any shout outs? I'm Louie Anderson, and survey says Brandon shoutouts. The first shoutout goes to No Hard Feelings, which is out on Netflix now. It was a movie that came out in theaters, and I thought for sure when the trailer first aired, it was going to be one of those movies that went to a streaming platform. But it went to the theaters, and uh, now it's on Netflix. Jennifer Lawrence stars in it as a woman in her 30s who... Answers an ad to date a rich couple's 19-year-old son. Have you seen the trailer at all for this at all or no? This hasn't been out already? 
it's it came out on Netflix finally. I feel like I saw this preview like during Super Bowl time. Like I feel like no, I saw this preview a long no way. I feel like I saw this preview for the trailer like a long time ago. I thought that this movie I don't was out think already. It came out though. It, like the movie itself was out in theaters already, but oh, it finally came okay, out on okay. Netflix. All right, so that's that's why I've okay. Then that makes sense. Then that makes so sense. yeah. They want the the parents want the kid to get out of his shell before going to college, and chaos yeah, ensues, and it all course. takes place on Long Island. So it was cool to see that. But I enjoy the movie. Uh, next shout out goes to Richard Maul, who unfortunately passed away last week at the age of 80. He was most known as Bull the Bailiff on Night Court, the original run. He was not on uh, the, the reboot of Night Court, mm. but he was in so many things. He played Two-Face on Batman, the animated series, and reprised that for a few other animated projects for Batman. Uh, he was one of the ghosts in Scary Movie 2. One of the members of Fred and Barney's bowling team in the Flintstones movie. Mm-hmm. Also on uh, 100 Deeds of, uh, for Eddie McDowd, if you remember that show, with the dog. Sounds familiar. So, yeah, and, and so many other TV shows and movies. I know you can watch Night Court, the original run on Prime, and you can watch Batman the Animated Series on Max. So check that out. And then Matthew Perry also unfortunately passed away at the age of 54. And it's like, I almost don't even know where to start with this. It's just like, it, that's like crazy news that came out. Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was best known as Chandler Bing on Friends. But he starred in Fool's Rush In, which is a movie that I almost watched the other the other week but i ended up watching something else so i went back after he unfortunately passed away i went and watched that movie this week i'm a big fan of that film yeah but he also starred in the whole nine yards and the sequel i like those two films um almost heroes was another popular one that he was in was it popular I feel like almost. I don't. I don't know, feel like it's well, popular. Maybe but, a cult following. Yeah, I don't feel like almost. Almost Heroes is probably my favorite movie of his. I've seen that movie way too many times. But yeah, it's just you know, it's so heartbreaking. I mean, everybody. I mean, I'm a big friend, uh, a big fan of Friends, and it's just so upsetting and so sad that this took place. You know, and you see a lot of people sending clips about. Uh, moments during the TV show where Chandler wasn't there on screen and they make references and stuff like that. And it's just so sad and heartbreaking. I mean, this is really, yeah, like this is a show that everybody knew of, was familiar with, watched, loved. I mean, just really, really sad. Just, you know, sucks. 17 Again was Matthew Perry's last movie that he did back in 2009. And I like that film as well. Hmm. But he's obviously done a bunch of TV stuff. I liked uh, Mr. Sunshine. I thought it was a really good series. I liked his reboot of The Odd Couple, where he played Oscar Madison. Mm-hmm. I saw him off-Broadway in a play that he wrote called The End of Longing, which I actually met him before the show at a Starbucks while uh, we were just passing some time. And... Um, 
I saw we were sitting in front where like the the seats were facing out towards the street. And I was like, oh, snap, it's Matthew Perry. And my friend's like, yeah, okay. I was like, no, dude, it's Matthew Perry. And he goes, no, it's not. Shut up. And then Matthew Perry walked into Starbucks. And my friend's like, oh, it actually is Matthew Perry. And so, uh, like, random. Yeah, that I think, I, I don't know if I've, like, ran into celebrities like that. But obviously I was going to his show, so I was, he would have, like, been in the area. But it was still cool to see them. And, and he was with like maybe an assistant or something. And we stopped them and said, Oh, we're going to see the show. And they're like, Oh, enjoy it. So that was cool. And, uh, I got afterwards, I, I got his autograph and, uh, met the cast. They weren't allowing us to take pictures with him, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, so I got the, got to meet him twice that day. And I really do wish that this was a movie and I wish they had like a sequel for it because I thought it was such a good show, but it's just such, it's such an unfortunate thing that he overcame so much only to pass away uh, pretty young like that. I know like he has overcame so much. I mean, he even started, I believe the, what was it? Uh, the Matthew Perry, something with a Matthew with him, with him in a nonprofit for people uh, going through like addiction and stuff like that because he had his own bouts um and he wrote out a a book that helped out a lot of people as well talking about his own personal experiences going through not just friends but more so more importantly uh his his past with addiction and overcoming that and it just it just sucks you know it's really sad yeah. and there was no foul play they said that there was no foul play no nothing in his system he just unfortunately passed away in a hot tub, it seems, and sad, really, really yeah, sad. Yeah, so I think you should be able to watch uh, Friends on Max. I think I watched Fools Rush in on Prime. So look up the stuff, celebrate them this weekend. Those are my yeah. shout-outs. Now it's time for our. right our mark out moment of the week going back to last friday kayla braxton posted a video of a match between bailey and her dressed as michael cole while michael cole was out there that was hilarious before the show started yeah i thought that was so funny bailey has so much history of clowning michael cole and like vice versa so it was fun to see that and i i think michael cole enjoyed that (laughs) that portrayal yeah i agree that was hilarious uh something else they released this week on wwe network and peacock finally was super fan the story of vladimir Uh, i don't know why it took so long for them to release it but i'm happy that it did i really wish it was like longer and more in depth but it was still nice to see that documentary that we've been waiting for for i think two years Mm -hmm. so it's out on peacock now if you're on wwe network it's there too check it out yeah i mean it's definitely uh, it's definitely one of those things that a lot of people that are familiar with him 
have been looking forward to seeing because, I mean, I remember seeing him back when watching Monday Night Raw, like the old school at the Manhattan Center and him being like right in the front row. You know, so it's it's nice that they finally released that. I hope that they do give it a little bit more promotions, you know, but I don't even know if they will. Yeah, yeah I don't think they will. And it's but. weird that they won't. I don't know why yeah. there has to be some sort of a decision on that. I don't know why. Um, when uh, it's cool, because in the in the documentary, they are what they're following him. And one of the places that they're following him at is Madison Square Garden in 2019 when WWE returned to the the garden mm-hmm. for TV. And uh, I I met him at that show. So I thought that was pretty cool to have that included in the documentary. Oh, that's cool. Not me that's really awesome him there, but <laughs> him being yeah, at yeah, that yeah. show with Double J in the back and everything. I thought that was cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. You have any uh, mark out moments? Um, mark out moment for me. Let's see. Um, I think that for me, mark out moment maybe. I'm sorry. I said I could probably toss out more. What do you got? Um, probably AEW announcing that they're going to be having an event at the Nassau Coliseum later in. Oh, that's old news. December. We already discussed that. Yeah, I'm still marking out over that, but. Yeah, nothing else stands out for me. Jason Siegel showed up to a wrestling show this weekend. And that was not on my bingo card. Seeing all those videos of Jason Siegel with Penta and everything and Sami Zayn. uh, Not Sami Zayn, Sami Callahan. I thought that was pretty cool. And on the same night, apparently, Jason Siegel showed up to... uh, I don't even know what the show was. It was like a... A concert or what? But he performed Dracula's Lamont from Forgetting Sarah Marshall, mm-hmm. which was also not on my bingo card. And I definitely marked the absolute heck out for both of those things, especially seeing them both on TikTok, where I don't know if the the two parties are aware of them. Like, do the people that went to see Jason Siegel do a pop up performance of Dracula's Lamont know that he also was involved in pro wrestling that night? And vice versa. Mm. So I thought that was cool. Forgetting Sarah Marshall, I think, is a uh, top 10 movie for me. So Really? Yeah. So having that clip show up, it wasn't a full song or or anything on, on TikTok. So mm. I would have liked to have seen the full <laughs> version of it. Uh, I just thought it's a fantastic soundtrack. So it was cool to see that. And it's cool to see celebrities when they're when they're fans of pro wrestling. Yeah, that's always a nice little thing. We also had uh, Joel Embiid from the 76ers score uh, a basket this Oh, yeah, week this I marked out do, for. He did a suck it taunt, which was somewhat like the X-Pac suck it taunt. Yeah. People, uh, the, the news sites are reporting a Triple H DX suck it, but it was definitely more so an X-Pac version. Yeah, I could see it more and of an X-Pac. Yeah, so he did the taunt in a game against the 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 Blazers. Is it Blazers Trailblazers? What's what's the name of their team? I Portland. I don't know. The Portland Trailblazers. Portland. Yeah. So they did that on Sunday. He got fined thirty five thousand dollars for doing that. Woo! <laughs> Woo! Which, like, I mean, we used to get in trouble in elementary school for doing that, but we never were fined thirty five thousand dollars. <laughs> yeah, but. 
Triple H ended up inviting him to WrestleMania, which I think is pretty fitting. It's in Philly. So, I thought that was funny. Triple H is like, oh, I know a place you could do that. And maybe Triple H is going to end up paying for the, the $35,000 fine. I don't know. That's what I, I was like actually good. think. I was going to say that maybe if, maybe it would be cool if he, if Triple H paid for that. That would be huge publicity for him. Yeah, it would make it would make so much sense for for Triple for H them to, pay to do it. that, and then invite yeah, him to hundred percent come to WrestleMania in exchange for him paying the fine and stuff like that. And then Shawn Michaels quote tweeted uh, Triple H and was like, "I can't in good conscience support that kind of behavior." And then he goes, "Oh, never mind. Show up at NXT, and I promise no fines. I know a guy." <laughs> so I thought that was funny too. But that's funny. That's really uh, the mark out moments of the week. Thank you so much for listening to episode 665. You can check us out on Twitter at Mark and out at BTTG 161 on both platforms at Chris Sween dog, CM Sweeney 85, David PTDPT on all the platforms, facebook.com slash Mark and out Mark and out 11 for YouTube and uh, Instagram ProWrestlingTees.com slash Marking Out. Uh, TikTok, we're at Marking Out. We got a bunch of TikTok videos waiting for you to watch and like and laugh at. If you want to listen to us, subscribe to us on a podcasting platform. Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts. You can rate, review, subscribe. Google Podcasts is there for now. It's going away. You can listen to us at uh, on MarkingOut.com. And we wish you the the best of luck in your future, future endeavors. endeavors. Have a fantastic week. <laughs>